Good afternoon and welcome to St Mars in the Fields and welcome to this week's Great Sacred Music, uh, which is all framed around the hymn writer Cecil Francis Alexander. Cecil Francis Humphreys was born in Dublin in 1818. As a young adult member of the Church of Ireland, she came under the influence of the Oxford movement, and especially John Keeble, who fostered in her an Anglo-Catholic sacramental spirituality. In 1848, at the age of 30, she published a hymn book called Hymns for Little Children, which went through no fewer than 69 editions before the end of the century. It was very much one of the, one of the really famous hymnals of the time. What's interesting about this hymn book is it contains what would become some of her most famous and enduring hymns, and hymns that we still sing today, including All Things Bright and Beautiful, There Is a Green Hill Far Away, and Once in Royal David City. She used the prophets from her celebrated hymn book to support the Derry Diocesan Institution for the Deaf and Dumb in Strambane. She was also involved with the Derry Home for Fallen Women and worked to develop a district nurse service. So what's really interesting about that hymn book is this model of social justice and social enterprise uh, where creative art is then um, the profits of it are putting money into a social enterprise. You've just heard He Is Risen with words by Mrs Alexander. The music was by Percy Whitlock, who was assistant organist of Rochester Cathedral between 1921 and 1930, when he moved to become director of music at St Stephen's Church in Bournemouth, a post he held for five years. In 1932, he was appointed borough organist at Bournemouth's Municipal Pavilion, where he played regularly until his death, and he was very, very well known for both classical and more modern music. His name shone brightly as a performer, and he earned a considerable reputation as a recyclist and broadcaster. Recent years have seen a renewed interest in his work, of which this is one of those pieces, He Is Risen, an anthem for Easter. It's our tradition at Great Sacred Music to sing a hymn together. Hopefully you picked up a sheet at the back and you'll find the first hymn on the inside of your sheet, Jesus Calls Us, O'er the Tumult. It's a hymn uh, that was first published in 1871 in SBCK's Church Hymnary and it's written for St Andrew's Day. So we'll remain seated as the voices stand and lead, Jesus Calls Us.
Cecil Francis caused consternation in her family by taking up with and marrying William Alexander, a Church of England clergyman and poet who, would you believe, was six years her junior. Hence the name by which she's better known, Mrs. C.F. Alexander, and the name by which she's known in all of her future hymn writing and hymn books. William went on to become Bishop of Derry and Archbishop of Armagh in 1867. The book, Hymns for Little Children, began as an attempt to explain the Apostles' Creed to a child. The first article of the Creed became All Things Bright and Beautiful. The second article, Who Was Conceived by the Holy Spirit and Born of the Virgin Mary, became Once in Royal David City. Once in Royal David City is perhaps best known for the treble solo that traditionally opens the King's College Cambridge service of nine lessons and carols. Later on in the Creed, he suffered for us under Pontius Pilate, became There is a Green Hill Far Away, a hymn for Good Friday. Her rendition of the Doctrine of the Atonement is really elegantly simple in this hymn. He died to make us good. He alone was good enough to win our forgiveness and unlock the gate of heaven. So we'll hear two pieces now. Once in Royal David City, which is an arrangement by the jazz composer Will Todd, and there's, there is a Green Hill Far Away, which is a new hymn tune written by Bob Chilcott, which is found in his larger work, The St. John Passion.
The idea for a series of hymns on the Apostles' Creed came from Cecil Francis's godsons, who complained that the catechism or the creed which they were swatting up for confirmation was difficult and boring. So she wrote these set of verses illustrating the different clauses of the creed for their benefit. The opening clause, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, became all things bright and beautiful. Today, with a number of well-known verses within this hymn, but the original hymn was much, much longer and contained the more controversial verse, the rich man in his castle, the poor man at his gate, God made them high and lowly and ordered their estate. This illustrates how tied the author was to the social expectations of her era. So we're now going to sing All Things Bright and Beautiful, uh, not to the original tune, uh, but in an arrangement by John Rutter.
St. Patrick was a 5th century missionary to Ireland and later served as bishop there. He's credited with bringing Christianity to parts of Ireland and was probably partly responsible for the Christianization of the Picts and the Anglo-Saxons. He's one of the patron saints of Ireland. St. Patrick's breastplate, which we'll sing in a moment, is an old Irish prayer of protection, which is attributed to St. Patrick. Perhaps the best-known translation in hymn style of St. Patrick's breastplate is this one which you'll find on the inside of your sheets by Cecil Francis Alexander. The original words were probably written in the 8th century, but they were attributed to St. Patrick during his work in Ireland in the 5th century. And H.H. Dickinson, the Dean of the Chapel Royal at Dublin Castle, says, I wrote to her suggesting that she should fill a gap in our Irish church hymnal by giving us a metrical version of St. Patrick's. And I sent her a carefully collated copy of the best prose translations of it, Within a week, she sent me that exquisitely beautiful as well as faithful version, which appears in the appendix to our church hymnal. This particular translation, which we'll sing in a moment, was set to music by Charles Villiers Stanford, the Irish composer. So you'll find this on the inside of your sheets. Uh, the voices will stand and lead and will remain seated for a bind unto myself today.
That hymn also has the excitement of the words not quite fitting the tune at all points, so uh, well, well done with keeping up. Um, we're coming towards the end of Great Sacred Music for today. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, on your way out, there'll be an opportunity to donate to a retiring collection, either cash um, or um, different ways of giving, which you'll find on your sheet, uh, text message giving, QR codes, uh, you name it, we've almost thought of it. And um, please do give uh, generously, because uh, it really helps us as, we, as we're rebuilding um, our programme as we emerge from the pandemic. You'll also find details of uh, future Great Sacred Musics uh, so every Thursday at one o'clock, and if you can't be in London every week, you'll also find it uh, streamed online on Fridays at one o'clock. Um, and also our Sunday Choral Classics series, half an hour of words and music every Sunday in the building only at 3.15. And the future themes uh, are on the, uh, on the sheet uh, in front of you. We're going to finish with uh, Christ Be With Me, Christ Within Me. Uh, it's another um, poem by uh, Cecil Francis Alexander. And it's normally actually found as part of the hymn I bind unto myself today uh, that you've just sung. Um, it's the central section of this hymn. So we have that big, robust hymn tune and then this beautiful, quiet prayer with a different tune, again by Stanford, uh, in the middle, which then goes back to the big hymn um, at the very end. It's a really interesting piece of music. Um, it's a fusion of Gaelic and uh, Christian worship, um, almost the perfect example of Celtic spirituality. Here we're not going to be singing it to uh, the tune by Stanford, but to a beautiful setting uh, by John Rutter. So to finish today's great secret of music, a prayer of St. Patrick by Rutter. Thanks for joining us.